Welcome back to the Decaf Recap. I'm your host, Lucas Velastos. Here we talk about movies after their hype, recap a story, and do, do a bit of a deep dive on what the story represents and means. Uh, today, I have my first guest, my cousin, Mazzy Velastos, and we just saw the movie Hellboy, Sword of Storms. So, Maz, what did you think of uh, this movie? It was really good. I definitely like the unique take on kind of like a superhero type film. It's it's interesting that Hellboy is um, a monster hunting monsters, which you see more nowadays, but as far as the comic book origin when it started, it uh, kind of plays off of um, that that uh, kind of fairy tale on his head, where it's mainly just like, you know, this devilish character saving the day rather than someone who looks more biblical or angel-like. So you definitely have, have that. Yeah. And in, in this movie um, came out, I believe, after the uh, live-action film and was just an adaptation uh, to begin with the music that you hear in the background as far as the beginning, as well as the, the main theme or chorus, you could say, is also from, it's also a similar score that you hear in the movie uh, or the live-action movie. So you have that crossover of themes. I don't think the same is true for the voice actors, but that's definitely... Um, uh, kind of a given because if you listen to the live action version as far as what they, they sound like it's very similar in the in uh, at least for Hellboy and his voice actor um, so there's that uh, real quick before we continue so Hellboy Sword of Storms is a interesting story between Hellboy in, involved up in um, demonic possessions and Japanese folklore so the story takes place in, um, in mainly just present-day Japan, but there is an interesting uh, collector who discovers a scroll which possesses him. And it's released, or it's revealed to the audience that there is a certain amount of um, prophecy that has happened. So apparently in feudal Japan, uh, demon brothers invaded feudal Japan and started terrorizing the area, bringing about the apocalypse by waking their brothers, the dragons. As a result, the... Uh, Daimo, who's basically just kind of like this governor over uh, the the region, wants to offer up his daughter in order to stop the demonic demons from the um, who are known as Thunder and Lightning from terrorizing their land. And before that can happen, a samurai swoops in, saves the day with a mystical sword, imprisoning Thunder and Lightning, the demon brothers, and basically saves the day. But according to the prophecy or the the omen, as it would be. This was frowned upon by the Daimo because he gave his word to the demons, and now his word was broken. So he basically curses uh, the samurai, and he's imprisoned in stone. And as uh, reprehension for what had been done for the wrong of his uh, word being broken, uh, the Daimo ends up killing his own uh, daughter. And that is how the story begins. The story more or less begins with this um, scroll, this ancient sad story in place, and then the person who discovers it is possessed by a demon and starts the whole um, story. Then you have um, the character Hellboy who finally ap appears to investigate the matter, grabs the Sword of Storms, and ends up being teleported to uh, this type of spirit realm, having to fight a collection of monsters, eventually breaks the sword, realizing that it's the only way how to get back to the real world, but in the process releases the demons. He confronts the demons, the thunder and lightning, uh, prevents them from causing the apocalypse, and resolves the family issue between the samurai, the daimu, and the daughter. 
basically, that's the story in a nutshell. But uh, Maz, what did you think? What was really uh, captivating for you as far as what the story uh, covered? I definitely thought that it was interesting, all the different storylines that it went off from Hellboy when he goes into this spiritual realm and different monsters that he had to fight. I thought that it was really creative, the way that they came up with each monster's like arc. The, uh, the different designs, because I do think there was a lot of um, thought put into them. There was the, the four uh, demon headed, or the four floating heads. Yeah, and then the spider woman, and then like the turtle boy type. <laughs> sea monster thing. And for the most part, what was interesting for me in the, the film is I don't think uh, Hellboy ever uses the sword to cut another demon. I mean, eventually he stabs a couple of uh, ske undead skeletons, and I think, well, there's that one troll. But uh, for so much of it, he never uses the sword as a weapon as far as um, taking out the demons. Mm -hmm. I also did notice that each demon that he fought, they did try and like steal the sword from him and get it away from yeah, yeah, and there is um, uh, little flashbacks in the story itself um, to the the man in possess uh, who's being possessed by the demon brothers. How he's kind of playing a game of chess. He's throwing down um, devices or little uh, clay figures of the demons that uh, end up taking fruition and attacking uh, Hellboy in the in the spirit realm. And to me, that like just the the little twenty minute journey, that is like most of the film as far as um, Hellboy in the spirit realm, he's fighting a bunch of uh, uh, warrior demons one at a time, but it kind of feels like a, a folk tale in that sense. Yeah. I mean, this is more to do, or this example is more um, Chinese related than I'd say Japanese. But uh, there's the story of the Monkey King, and he at one point um, in Chinese folklore ends up just kind of going on this type of uh, journey or cross-country journey, gains allies, uh, fights enemies, and things of the sort, you see a similar thing happening in Sword of Storms. Uh, I mean, for the most part, Hellboy doesn't gain too many allies, but there are people who ally, who ally with him. There's the, the river man <laughs> before, before Hellboy fights the turtle boy. And it's interesting that this is a Hellboy animated film because so... So much of the film has nothing to do with Hellboy as far as his origin. There's not a huge character arc with him. It's mainly just explaining his job. Yeah. What he does. Um, what did you think? What do you think of the the animation style? I thought that it was really interesting. I feel like in a lot of like animated, I guess, films of this sort, they try and get the animation a bit more like realistic looking. But this definitely had a bit of a like. I guess, easygoing feel to it, and I really thought that it played well with the characters. Definitely. For sure. It, the uh, comic that uh, Hellboy's based off of, a lot of that animation style, I think, comes from the comic. The only thing that I can see as a genuine difference is the comic is just very, I wouldn't say black and white, but there's a lot of ink spotting where just solid dark shadows make up so much of it. And that's the only thing you didn't see in the film a lot. I mean, there were... Uh, dark shadows, but a lot of things were still colored. A lot of things still had um, a vibrant feel rather than uh, the noir and um, just black color feel that you get in the Hellboy comics. So this movie uh, came out in 2006. Uh, was the character Hellboy is still voiced by Ron uh, Perlman, who also is the one who acted as uh, Hellboy. And on top of all that, the film came out 
uh, not just on DVD in 2006, but also aired on Cartoon Network. And that was kind of odd to, to find out. Because Cartoon Network, I mean, obviously shows cartoons, but this one's more adult-oriented. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of around that time period when Cartoon Network was starting to appeal to that teenage audience that was forming. Yeah. You had other films, or not so much films, but TV shows coming about. I think, let's see, 2006 you had uh, Teen Titans... The good one before Teen Titans Go came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later in later years, you had Young Justice, you had Star Wars the animated series, and this film coming out um, to some degree, I think that also kind of just helped the situation of okay, well, we're going to appeal to the teenage base, the adult base um, audience that follows this type of stuff because it's still taking a lot from the comic and uh, Hellboy came about in um, or first appeared in like nineteen. 19- 93, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, like I said, like like you said, Maz, it's not like Superman. It's nothing from the golden age of, of uh, comics or anything like that. But it's it's here now, and it's uh, very original with its content as far as, uh, break um, I don't know, its take on the paranormal and whatnot. But uh, this movie is, is still an oddball to start for the um, animated movies. I think they only made two, but this one has very little to do with Hellboy as a character, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. It doesn't really go into much character development or backstory. It's more like the here and now. He's just he's just a guy who looks like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of what comes about with the character in this, um, as far as Hellboy is concerned, isn't too relative to the character. There's not much character development with him. It's just him going about his daily job or what's his daily job to him um which i don't know i kind of find that um a relief because if you're just going to show like hellboy doing his daily daily job sure it's action packed like you get the action in there but more of the character development has to come with um uh sue and age sapien and just uh them as partners them as friends then there's just um the central conflict which is between uh, which had probably has the most character development, which is just the ghost, and which would be the Daimo, the daughter, and the uh, unnamed samurai who kind of um, helped save the day from the Demon Brothers, but also kind of caused this mess. Yeah, I definitely think as a storyline, it's not necessarily meant to be very deep or like really leave that much of an impact on you. It's much more lighthearted than a lot of like superhero films. And I can I can get behind that because you know, you have the protagonist, he just kind of doing his thing, um, and what is there is just kind of like, you know, a, a doomsday prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't do this, or bad stuff will happen. And unfortunately, bad stuff starts to happen. Uh, the the dragons are kind of like known as the, the doomsday weapon in this situation, or in, in the prophecy. It's a, described the demon brothers would, would wake their brothers, the dragons. And what's interesting, though, is when they do show the dragons, and that's a huge part of the film, like there's a little almost five-minute montage where they're just showing these dragons being woken up all across the world, so you get the idea that this is a world-ending event. Yeah. That, I think, was kind of interesting, because they don't look like dragons. Did any of those seem like dragons to you? Not really. I feel like, yeah, they were definitely not necessarily your typical dragon with, like, wings flying around. And, like, they were showing different places, you know. I think uh, UK... There was the Guatemala. They mentioned that there was a, a dragon coming out of like one of the old Aztec uh, temples. But 
they look more scorpion-like or fish-like. Uh, like there's a very Lovecraftian feel to most of the monsters, but specifically the dragons. Mm-hmm. And and you know what I mean by just like Lovecraftian and whatnot, like Cthulhu, yeah. that type of spiel. And none of the dragons even breathe fire. Like the one dragon in the animated film that they have to deal with, um, they set on fire. <laughs> yeah, it was like a sea monster type thing. Very much so. But, I don't know, I find it interesting as an animated film how they kind of bring you into this world, not just the paranormal, but also that other things are happening. Um, Just because it's a situation where you have a a lot of other films where they'll say this is a world-ending event, especially live-action films, but, like, nothing really happens. You don't see what's going on in other places. Yeah, like, it's only affecting one neighborhood. Mainly because it's super expensive to go to, like, you know both Japan, Guatemala, and the UK all in the same uh, filming season and try to, like, get footage of a huge CGI monster. But in and this, and obviously in, in animated film, it's a little bit easier. You know, you just draw where you want, where you want it. But uh, I think it works better for the character because it, uh, you know, it creates the environment, the atmosphere that, okay, this is a prophecy, it's coming about, boom, world's going to end. And they have an interesting take on Lovecraftian creatures that they, they dub uh, dragons, um, which is just an interesting flair. But then on top of that, uh, when they do bring it back to the Japanese uh, spiritual uh, spiritual lore, the demons that uh, Hellboy is dealing with, I think a lot of them are inspired by Japanese folklore, um, at least in the designs for uh, Thunder and Lightning. I don't know if they're actual deities. I, don't, I, don't, I can't say it goes that far, but as far as their attire... As far as um, what they're wearing, which is a uh, very, uh, very feudal Japan-esque like, and that whole um, design. Also, <laughs> what do you think of uh, the voice acting in this? As far was any of it subpar? Was any of it um, you think taken attacks on the, or was any of it taxing on the story, or did it all fit for the most part? that all of the voice acting actually fit pretty well. There wasn't any voices that really stood out to me or, like, made it hard for me to watch the film. Nice. And I do think the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think the actress who uh, voices Sue, who's the the, the pyromancer, I think she's also the same person in the live-action film uh, as far as, so you have, like, the two main actors from that movie also voicing their characters in the animated version, uh, which is a little bit more interesting. Just because they, like, one, it shows that they care about the characters, and two, there's a little bit more, um, I'd say, genuineness as far as the art goes. So the art aside, you also have the, uh, what would be like the central um, plot twist to the actual movie, which is the idea that this whole time Hellboy's stuck doing his job, but he's doing it in the um, spirit realm, facing off all these demons, carrying around the Sword of Storms. Um, he's told not to cut himself because he himself is a demon, so there's that potential danger there, but it's mainly the idea that he has to protect the sword. But then he figures out, oh, you break the sword, or he's told if you break the sword, um, he'll be free, but he also will free the demons trapped inside of it. And he's, But eventually he'll reveal more information on the situation that only the sword, wheel, sword carrier can break the sword. And did that catch you off guard what happened next, Maz? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, 
he ends up he ends up thinking that he's kind of the chosen one. He ends up thinking that he's the one who's uh um kind of has to save the world. He's done it dozens of times. You get that arc going, and obviously Hellboy is nonchalant about the whole thing. He's just like, okay, this is my job. I gotta get this over with. I'm hungry. That's his priority. But then you realize at the towards the end that he's not that special. That he's not the uh, uh, sword. Uh, carrier after all because it shatters not when he breaks it but more or less when he's uh forded or tricked into uh, swinging it at the statue which is um statue of the samurai the actual sword carrier and then all hell breaks loose he's back in japan demon brothers start kicking his ass um what'd you think because there's not much screen time for the actual antagonists which are just the, the demon brothers what do you think of uh, what came next? Just was it intense to you? Was it mediocre? Was it just uh, more comical, comical than anything else? It was definitely like one of the most intense parts of the movie, but it still had that comedic feel that I think it has present throughout the whole film. There is because there is that um, that situation where Hellboy's using their weapons to fight each other, and. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense what happens here and there. Like, he has a hammer, or the Hammer of Thunder, I guess it'd be called. Not Mjolnir, just, like, uh, a different version from Japan or something like that. But he throws, like, he just throws the, ha- the war hammer belonging to the Demon Brother Thunder. He just throws it away. <laughs> he doesn't really utilize it. Yeah, it's more of, like, a distraction technique. I suppose. And I don't know if you caught this or not, um... Because this film is a lot more fast-paced than I remember it, but uh, when he's underneath the tree, he's told by the one of the professors, the guy who was possessed by the demon brothers in the first place, uh, to not be under the tree. And so he kind of takes off. I think what they're getting at there is that you should be underneath the tree during a lightning storm, because lightning hits the tree, either it should, uh, might shock you or the idea that the tree branch could fall on you. I think that's what they were going with. Yeah, I didn't even catch that, but that's really smart. It's just a, it's just a small part, and I think that's a little, it's a little comical, not so much the, the tree thing, but the idea that you have all this talk of prophecies, all this um, stuff about, like, you know, a dark destiny or something like that, and then towards the end, when you have this professor tell him something, it's not something that's ominous or awe-inspiring or even something like um, haunting. No, he's just saying uh, it's common sense. It's common sense. You don't stay underneath the tree when the lightning uh, hits. <laughs> so I kind of find that interesting because, you know, you have, like, the demon brothers who are like, we're destined to end the world, which is in contrast with what uh, Hellboy is all about. Because technically speaking, more so in the comics, he's, uh, he's destined to end the world. He's supposed to be the, the son of this uh, demon who's like the equivalent of Satan, and his right arm is what would be the key to destroy the world or something of the sort. So you have that, but he's the complete opposite of the antagonist. You know, he's nonchalant. He doesn't care about destroying everything. And that little bit of common sense is kind of like what separates the situation between delusions of grandeur, which is kind of what the Demon Brothers' thunder and lightning kind of represent, and, I don't know, just kind of, um, not, not, not so much normalness, but the idea of, uh, fighting fate and things of the sort, fighting the destiny, because that is what Hellboy is in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be a demon who's also a practicing Catholic, so, I mean, right off the bat, you have visual symmetry 
or uh, symbolist symbols that do not make sense um, or they're in contrast with each other or represent the internal uh, uh, struggle of the character. Yeah. And they didn't show it as much in this, but in the if we ever see the live action, he's got a, a little cross and necklace, which is what he holds on to, and that's what um, his, his adopted uh, or de facto father gave him. And he's not... For some reason, he's not in the animated film. It's kind of um, kind of a sham. But he was he was the uh, old looking dude um, with the crazy sideburn, uh, white hair. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I know this much. He's in the the second because there's two animated films. We covered Sword of Storms. Then there's um, Iron and Blood, and that's the that that was the the, the second animated movie they made for Hellboy. Um, so. The dad's around. The dad raising the son of the devil's around. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as far as um, what might be uh, not a not a deeper meaning, but just like kind of a shallow deep end of the story, is <laughs> just the idea that uh, you have a character who's more about um, just trying to be normal and be, um, be more human-like, facing off against his his. Uh, kind of like the reflection of what he's supposed to be, which is uh, a doomsday machine, uh, someone to bring about the apocalypse. As far as uh, how, how far the, the film could go, what about <laughs> the final scene where you think everything's done, big epic showdown is finished, and people start getting possessed by ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of random, but they do explain it a little bit in the idea that it's a it's a cycle, it's a cycle like the idea that demons are around because there's hatred within the family, or there's unfinished business between samurai and his would be lover, who's the the daughter of the um, uh, I forget, but like just the the father figure at the time, the the governor over um, Japan at the time of the when the demons uh, actually attacked. Everyone starts getting possessed. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, but it's there. It's it's fun. Uh, speaking of the demons in the story, what about the when the furniture comes to life? <laughs> oh, that was so great! It started out like really, just I guess like pure. No, that's done. Hey, come on. <laughs> I mean, in the in the film itself, they say it's like a cartoon. You have one of the cartoon characters dancing to. What he think, what he interprets as like a cartoon, which is just when the furniture starts coming to life. Yeah, I think they <laughs> even compared it to like Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Or the um, one of the the scientists was about to make that claim, and then is like being choked out by some of the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, it's like just little, I think little uh, jabs at that, as far as uh, a commentary is just kind of funny. Whether or not it works for everyone. Because it's partly uh, comedical, but it's partly just kind of a almost meta commentary on what they're covering. Like, okay, this is serious, it's demonic, but then here's something that is way too cartoonish or way too silly. I mean, the, some of the premise is just silly in general. You got <laughs> flying heads that are cannibals. <laughs> I know the I know the heads had bodies, but if a head just eats and it flies on its own, where does the food go? Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and it's not like they needed to show that. They're already evil enough, but 
They're just bloated heads that, that Hellboy has to deal with, and they're trying to eat him. <laughs> uh, but overall, no, no complaints about the film? You thought it was cool? Yeah, it was a really interesting film. I'm glad I watched it. And so that is Hellboy Sword of Storms, uh, an interesting little animation. Uh, it covers some interesting uh, grounds. Mainly just the idea of, well, you know, what it is to be Hellboy in his job dealing with the paranormal. Um, has some interesting uh, Japanese demonic demons that they deal with. And just this little uh, folk tale uh, happening, you could say. A minor film, but enjoyable. And as far as Hellboy is concerned, as far as Hellboy as a character, um, do you think there's there's something interesting about it? Is it... Just the fact that it's original, or is it just the fact that um, Hellboy has that kind of uh, visual conflict that uh, that makes him, I don't know, worth creating like films for? Yeah, I think that he also just kind of has this, I guess, tear, tearless and very sarcastic personality, which definitely differentiates him from other superheroes. I can definitely see that, and it's also the fact that like he doesn't have a strict age limit. I mean, you get the idea he's kind of a dude in his late 30s is I think what they show him off to be, but based on his haircut, the voice, he's uh, not hes not exactly an old man, but he's not exactly a young man either. He's just this kind of like, you know, this demon that is nonchalant about things. Yeah. <laughs> Even his haircut, it kind of looks like um, a samurai bun because of it. just the fact that he doesn't have any hair on top, sideburns. Yeah, I was noticing that it- kind of ties back into the whole, um, I guess, Japanese setting that he's in. And so far, that's just kind of just been a staple of what the character looks like. I'm not entirely sure what inspires that look. Uh, I know a little bit of it has to just do with the horns, so he doesn't have a lot of hair on top. Um, I think in some adaptations, he's supposed to have fire (laughs) where his (laughs) hair would be because he's supposed to be a demon sometimes. But for the most part, in this film, it's just... um, just an interesting attitude, an interesting character, them showing more of just what the character's about rather than, I don't know, creating any sort of uh, internal conflict for him other than what we've already stated. But yeah, you have this film, you have Hellboy. Um, next one, which I think we should eventually cover, is Iron and Blood because that one's a lot more interesting and has less to do with the end-of-the-world situations and just what it means to be dealing with you know, paranormal activities that terror people. So there's more uh, more high stakes in the form that lives are at stakes, but it's just individuals. It's just like uh, a townsfolk and things of the sort. Uh, also, that one has more vampires. And if anyone cares to listen to this podcast more than once, uh, we, we talk about vampires a lot. Not just because it's the fall season, also just because Blade was a good movie. But I digress. <laughs> This was uh, Hellboy, Sword of Storms, animated uh, feature film that you have going on uh, in 2006 with the same uh, cast and to voice the same characters they had in the live adaptation from 2004. I'm your host, Lucas Velastos. This was Mazzy as a guest star. You can find us on Instagram. Contact us if you feel free to ask more questions about it. And what did you think of both the character Hellboy and this uh, animated film? Is it worth the time? Is it interesting? Or is it just one of those films that's come about but was never uh, properly shown? 
Let me know what you think, and we will see you next week.